it's Joao, along with the other co-founders of Desair, Sham, and Jonathan. And you're listening to Insights with Experts, our podcast where we interview different experts across a breadth of various industries, with years of experience under their belts, and we try to explore their perspective on their industry and learn a little more about their journey so that hopefully you too can cast a new light on your own journey. So welcome back to another episode of Insights with Experts. Today, we're lucky enough to be joined with Mrs. Heather Stevens, who is an incredibly experienced uh, public lawyer. Uh, she was the, the former head of office um, of the Civil Service Commissioners for Northern Ireland and actually the director of the Workforce Policy um, in the Department of Health in Northern Ireland as well. So she has plenty of years um, of experience. As well as that, today, um, I have myself, John, and Sham, so all three of us are here. And our guest student today is Eden Fall Bailey. Um, Eden, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, obviously, my name's Eden, and um, I'm studying politics, philosophy, and law at the University of Warwick. And then I'm aspiring to become a solicitor after uni. So I want to ask a few questions about that. So um, straight into our first question, uh, we were wondering sort of um, what made you want to pursue law and civil service and what, what were the biggest challenges perhaps that you sort of came across along, along your journey? Okay, Joan, thank you. Um, it's really nice to have this opportunity to talk about my career, actually. Um, I came quite late to the idea of studying law. Um, I did science and maths A-levels. I was heading for medicine and was very much pushed in that direction. And it was only at the 11th hour as I came to complete my um, UCAS equivalent forms that I decided um, medicine wasn't for me. So I had a look around and law seemed like a really interesting option. Um, you didn't need particular A-levels to do it, you just needed the grades and the more I read and talked to people about it, I thought that it probably would would suit my personality. I love language, I love analysis and the scientific background would help with that. So, um, so I ended up doing a law degree and absolutely loved it. I have never looked back from or regretted for a minute my decision to do law. Um, but I didn't spend very long in private practice after I qualified because I didn't enjoy private practice at all as a solicitor and I qualified as a solicitor. Um, I, I just, I find it bore very little relation to the degree that I had done. Um, and so I also became frustrated because I became clear that my goal was to try to make a difference. And when you're a solicitor, you can make a difference in a significant way to the individuals who come you know in front of you who become your client but actually i i became slightly frustrated there was one example of a lady who was suffering domestic violence and i could get an injunction for her and thank god i've made a difference there but actually she would constantly take her partner back and i ended up doing the same thing week in week out and i felt just I'm not really changing her life. So when the opportunity came to apply for a job in the civil service, it was in the Office of Law Reform. And that was an opportunity for me to change legislation and, and make a difference in a much 
bigger way. And so for me, that just completely, it completely fulfilled a need that I had in my career. And that was the start then of a journey in the in civil service. In terms of the challenges, um, different challenges at different points. So at, that, at the start, when I was a very young solicitor starting out, I think the biggest challenge for me was not taking um, personal stories home. So it, it really didn't occur to me until I was doing it that no one ever comes to see a solicitor when they're happy. You see a solicitor when you're at best slightly stressed or at worst angry or hurt or you know frustrated you need their help to sort something out and actually I find that quite um, exhausting and tiring on a daily basis so that was my challenge at the start of my career then as I moved into the civil service and was progressing I find that I uh, was promoted at a time when I had a family you started a family and so I was trying to juggle um, looking after a young son with trying to do my best in a, an increasingly senior role. So that was a challenge. And then just more laterally, before, before I left the civil service, my biggest challenge was working in the context of reducing public sector budgets and trying to do the job that I needed to do with very little money to do. Uh, so does that answer that question? Um, that actually, um, in our last interview, we were told um, a specific line and it was the fact that as students, and really not just as students, I mean in life as a whole, we have two choices. I mean, we can, yes, we can conform with the crowds, we can do what everyone else is doing, and obviously that's the easier option, or we can go out of our way and we can do something that, that can actually make a real change and obviously the second option isn't easy and I mean from seeing your story in terms of what you wanted to, to, to do you genuinely wanted to enact change so I think so Mr Stevens in terms of the next question that we would like to ask you uh, so one thing that we'd like to talk about here is the role of having these models having the influential people that we can look, look to and that's obviously the role of this site it's to, it's to take information it's to take advice and it's for the youth to actually absorb that now Mr Stevens we would like to know are there any influential figures in your life I mean maybe is there one specific influential figure that you really look up to and you've actually tried to exemplify uh, their qualities uh, in, in your day-to-day -day action okay um, I think when I was a lot younger and when I was forming as a person um, my the most influential figure for me was my was my grandmother who I love very much and I lost quite early but she was such a, a strong female who had just very clear sense of integrity and um, and encouraged me always to do my best and so uh, I, I really set out to to please her and to make her proud of me and to emulate her and I think that's what very strongly influenced my character from an early stage and quite a driven individual so whatever i set out to do if i commit to do something i will want to do it to the best of my ability and i get that very much from her but then as i have progressed um i think what i do instead of looking to one person to be a role model i i tend to look at the the, the tier above and when you're in the civil service you're part of a big machine with um with lots of grades and there's always you know you're always looking to the next layer of management and leadership and and i would where at whatever point i was in i would look at the next level up or the next two levels up and um 
and, and just see who was there and how they were doing their job. And so for some, from some people, um, and one gentleman in particular, um, I was really impressed with how he managed a big group of people by just walking around. It was the classic management by walking around philosophy, where you get to know the mood of your team, you get to know what the issues are just by being around and, and having small individual chats with people and that was something that I thought I can take that and apply that to any context that I work in in the future. Um, it's not about sitting in an office remotely from people and just communicating occasionally by email. You need to know what's going on on the ground. Um, then in relation to other people I was always looking to see how senior women um, did their job, how did they balance this conflict between wanting to be a good mother but also being a really good leader and, and be seen to be dedicated to your job and I saw a couple of different approaches to that which were, were really really interesting and I suppose I just tried to take the best of everything that I saw as opposed to having any one individual that I look to as my this is my perfect template I don't know that that person exists and I think it can change as you as you move through life when you're looking for inspiration for particular challenges and issues that you face. For the third question, could you perhaps share what you think the effects uh, setting out a clear path or vision might have on a student starting out their career? And secondly, perhaps share about how you could clarify your own potential vision for the future, your own targets? Um, so, the importance of, of setting a path, I think um, really interesting because obviously the path that I embarked on was not one that I had planned very far in advance before I made those decisions and so that's I think a good example of um, showing that you know even if you have set a path you can change, you can change your path. But I think that some people are very clear from the outset as to what their path is going to be. I mean, some people know from a very early stage that they, you know, they love engineering, that's where they want to spend their career, or they're passionate about medicine, that's what they want to be. And I think other people don't have that clarity, and that's okay. What I think is important to try and establish early on is what matters to you. What matters to you? What's important in your life? And then if you focus on that and what you love, career options and directions will follow, especially if you take advantage of you know, all of the opportunities there are now to network and connect with people, have conversation about what matters to you and what you what you love. And then you know things will emerge from that in a much more organic way, I think, than trying to plan everything out very very early on and I think I'm probably an, an unusual example of my generation because most of my most of my friends and contemporaries who went through uh, university at the same time as me and embarked on a legal career they have with the exception of one other person that I know have stayed with that career but I didn't. I, I, I moved and so I'm an example, an early example of what people are doing now which is starting off in one thing and then moving into another area as their networks develop, their interests change. So I guess it's good to have an idea of what your passion is, what matters to you, but then be flexible about how that's going to play out. 
absolutely absolutely i think that i think that really encompasses what a, a lot of a, a lot of like other um experts have, have also said um actually one of our more in one of our more recent interviews we interviewed uh chanke choi um an nus physics graduate and, and one of the things he said that i thought um, stick like stuck out was uh, carve your own path and then that really resonates with like you know what 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 you're saying and and then yeah. absolutely so um i think we're pretty much ready to sort of move on to the next segment where um we move over to eden and uh she can go ahead and ask any questions that she might have yeah so i i'll keep it brief and i only have two questions but um one something to do like it's quite topical but do you think um the public law sector has changed um due to covid-19 like do you think students starting out and wanting to get in the public law sector do they have to sort of switch tactics in order to get far because of um the pandemic do you mean in terms of how how your classes are delivered or do you mean in terms of how the the yeah. topic covid-19 is being discussed in public law yeah so like yeah so i think in terms of private law i think solicitors there's there was something online that said solicitors will now do sort of online um like court sessions so i was just wondering what do you think the challenges are in terms of public law um due to pa- the pandemic like how easy is it to actually enact change through legislation with the pandemic going on um i think it's um it's not as difficult as for private law conversations because private law is all about the relationship between individuals and um and you know they go to a solicitor and there's a process um which may or may not eventually end up in court um and i think um i think there is scope for that all moving um to be you know done online there's the possibility for that um uh, for public law the the issues tend to be they're huge issues but actually they can be dealt with in uh i think quite easily in online environments and so for example the supreme court is actually quite a small body and the legal advisors you know can be relatively um small teams and and everything can be done really online if that's if that's what needs to happen with the pandemic but um i'm an optimist even and i think that this will will pass i think that this is a temporary situation where people are you know trying to keep business going and trying to keep the courts moving and obviously there's that there's a massive backlog um so i think in terms of the practicalities of it um yeah we'll just work through that backlog I'm more interested though in the implications that covid has had for public law concepts like the rule of law. And so for example, we find that um the government is using discretionary powers to make a whole raft of subordinate legislation which is being rushed through parliament under the urgent procedure, very very little scrutiny, um very little opportunity to challenge. Um so things like you know the um the recent regulations that made fast face masks compulsory in public transport um if you analyze that as the bingham center for the rule of law has done um you find there are massive um contradictions with the rule of law and my concern is that the covid-19 pandemic has made it 
almost easy for the government to justify doing things really quickly and riding almost roughshod over the rule of law on which people will accept because it's, a, it's an extraordinary situation and public health has to be the priority. But once they've done that once in relation to this issue, will they continue to do that in relation to other issues? And so I think for me, the you know the practicalities of whether something happens online or face-to-face, that's less important than actually the, the decisions that are being made. And so I think that's something that public lawyers have to really keep an eye on. That's really interesting, thank you. So I just have one more question. Earlier on you mentioned that um, public law is often like, you described it as a big machine in terms of like how much bureaucracy there is. How do you, um, what do you suggest for like, obviously I want to become a solicitor and I do want to go into public law and starting out is often described as the hardest part in sort of bureaucracy. So how, are there any tips that you would give for someone who wants to go into public law but sort of is quite apprehensive about how difficult it is? Yeah, I mean, I think it's about connecting, um, especially if you're clear that you want to be uh, a solicitor, um, connecting with um, firms that are legal firms that specialise in, in public law um, because there, um, I mean, I don't know how many there are in terms of portion but it's probably um, a less common area to go into than other areas like corporate law or um, you know other areas of private law Um, what's really interesting and you might be interested is just keeping an eye on the government legal service websites because they recruit every year lawyers purely to work in in the government and to work on the opposite side of judicial review cases. So private sector, public, if that's not a contradiction, private sector, public lawyers um, would be interested in, for example, taking government to court over potential breaches. Um, But the government employs lawyers as well on the other side to defend them and also to advise them so that they uh, try not to get into sticky wickets um, for judicial review. And, and I worked in that way for a while. And then the other specialised area of law, which is very niche um, in the public side, is the Parliamentary Draftsman's Office, Parliamentary Council. And that's really, I would describe that as the elite um, of the uh, government lawyers because they draft the legislation. And so these are people who enjoy language and the nuances of language and can translate ministerial policy ideas into the statutes that you that you see and um, and that's that's fascinating and if I had to do my career over again I suspect that's something an area I would have really have liked to pursue but I didn't know about it early enough to do that so um, so there's loads of scope but I think um, as a starting point use networks um, to get into to get into some of these firms as work experience, I would recommend there's a blog um, which is really useful in terms of preparations to have conversations with public law firms, and it's um, public law for everyone. And it's Mark Elliott's blog. Um, he's from Cambridge, but he writes and trans- you know talks about the issues of the day and um, and what the public law issues are in relation to them. And that's just really good background information um, to you know help when you're having conversations with people like that. 
Thank you very much. So just before we finish off our interview, um, Mr. Stevens, we would just like to ask you one last question. This is a classic question that we'd like to ask everyone. And what that is, is if you could leave the youth with only one piece of advice, what would that one piece of advice actually be? Okay. So this is not going to be a surprise to you, Sean, because you've been through my leadership training. So I think the, the, the single piece of advice that I like to give is that um, life is a bit like a jungle gym. Remember that one, right? Life is like a jungle gym in that there is no one clear path to success or to the top of what you're doing. So in the same way that a child tries to climb up a, a jungle gym and might find that, you know, a, an avenue is blocked, you can come down, go up a different way and you can get to the top in a different way. So when you have setbacks or you have what you think is a clear path and you experience setbacks, don't let that set you back because there is an always another way to accomplish what you want to do. And sometimes it actually turns out better than if you had stayed on your original path. So um, it's all about resilience and coping with setbacks, but um, finding another way. I think, I think that's, that's, that's a really great point to bring up. And I think actually it probably could potentially bring you know a lot of relief to a lot of students who are so you know sometimes become so fixated on this one path that they've set out that you know when they don't hit a particular milestone that they think was important you know they get really worried and they think nothing's going to work out you know but in reality it's it's like really about being adaptable and, and changing and sometimes not getting what what you planned for can actually turn out better yeah yeah okay. um, yeah we've we've really I, I i mean at least personally i think i speak on the behalf of, of everyone else here we've really enjoyed the interview it's been really insightful um and thank you so much for you know making the time thank you eden for coming along as well um yeah so uh you can check us out at thesera.org to learn more and recommend any experts that you might want or ask us any more questions um so thanks again for listening Okay, you're very welcome. I enjoyed chatting to all of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. This podcast has been brought to you by Desera, a platform designed to bridge the gap between the youth and professionals. You can read more about us at desera.org. And you can also check out the section titled Insights with Experts, where you can submit your questions that you might have for future experts and industries that you would like to learn more about. And you can also refer in any experts that you might know yourself.